Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back. This is Cavs the Podcast, Korean Takeover, yet again. Uh, our faithful colleague, Nate Smith, is enjoying some uh, bro time with the bros. Shout out to Nate. Um, this is Chris Francis sitting in with my dear friend, Eli Kim. Wait, oh, wait. I should have done the, I should have done the, from Wake Forest University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all good. Excited to start the season with the W. That's um, what's up. That's what's up. So, That's right. Super stoked. You know, That's right. Glad. We are coming in right after the game. It's 114-113. The Cavs over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we had several big performances. Uh, Max Struess, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, big games, Isaac Okoro, key contributions. Uh, you know, um, we uh, they survived a in fuego uh, night from Cam Thomas uh, of the the pure hooper off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we got the oh we we even got the Ben Simmons train. Oh my goodness! So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what's your reaction, man? You, you saw the game. What, what, what's your hot takes off the? Off of what you saw. My hot take is uh, should have just kept Kevin Love instead of <laughs> getting cute and getting George Niang. Um, another hot take is uh, maybe a Coro can be like, let's show a little more patience to a Coro. I think he had a great game today. Yeah. Would, would you like, out. would you see, would you like? I just thought he wasn't complacent. He was aggressive. He passed a lot more. I think he's got given, he's been given the green light to pass, and I think he took advantage of that today. Uh, and it yeah, just four opened assists, up everything else. Yeah, four assists, three stocks, um, six rebounds. That's that's yeah. big. That's especially for him. Um, huge, huge for him. Yeah, yeah, plus five, two for four from three, six out of ten, 18 points. Yeah, I mean, that's a very clean game by him. Yeah, that the Cavs somehow won that game was actually, I thought, ridiculous. Um, they were down six with like a minute 20 to go, and they just clawed away. Mitchell had a super clutch steal, and um, obviously he had the game-winning buck three-pointer step back on Cam Johnson, which brings up another point. The flop on Garland that got called for a technical, I don't know how Cam Johnson doesn't get called for one of those on that three-pointer and the last second shot. He just, like, flew halfway across the court for that um, last second shot. So, overall, it could have been a really disappointing game, to be honest, but the Cavs found a way, and it was a good game, a good way to start the season. Yeah, I I agree with you there in the sense that it – I mean, so the offense was humming early. But um, as we discussed in the last podcast, um, they gave up 13 offensive rebounds. They got out-rebounded by 12 on the night. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of that kind of speaks to your Kevin Love point, really. You know, they're, the same thing is there's a pattern repeating over and over again, which is 
seems like they fixed the shooting a bit. Uh, 17 threes on 14 or 43 attempts, 40% from three. Fantastic. The, the offense looked great. Um, it, the defense just looked uh, – it, um, the rebounding. It was really just the rebounding. So it's uh, – the trend continues where the, the shooting – Seems to be uh, seems to be uh, improved, but the rebounding is still leaving a lot to be desired. Uh, I totally agree with you. Like in the sense of, uh, it didn't seem like it was a game the Cavs are going to win, <laughs> even though uh, I mean it, it went back and forth. Uh, Cavs won. Cavs won the first and third quarters. Uh, bench struggled a little bit. That's basically why they lost the second and fourth quarters. Um, the, as a whole of the bench, uh, uh, I mean, Karis Levert was by plus minus was the most, um, successful at minus six, although he went four of 17 off the bench, uh, three of eight from three, but just could not hit anything inside the arc. Um, what, what'd you make of the bench in particular? I think the bench struggles because, you know, you're missing, a starter, and then there's a cascading effect of guys who, you know, the ultimate thing is someone who shouldn't be playing has to play, and that's probably Damian Jones tonight. And mm-hmm. then a player has to play more than probably what was expected, and that's probably Okoro and Niang, although Okoro did play well tonight. Um, so I, I think it's okay that the bench strolled a little bit. Um, what I kind of don't like is I don't understand the leash for Niang. It's, it just really pisses me off that Niang has this long of a leash and Kevin Love did not have anywhere near this leash with JV last year. I know it's one game, but it just felt, felt kind of disrespectful. Um, Niang is a very teacher's pet kind of player in my opinion. (laughs) He is. He's, he's like this year's Lamar Stevens in a way I feel like. (laughs) um but that being said uh i think i think ultimately this this cast team there's a lot i feel like the sense around everyone is that there's a lot of negativity coming in um as we got into the season just because of the looming donovan mitchell stuff the whole jared allen fit stuff and i just feel like this team is pretty pretty freaking good especially in the regular season and i think tonight um even without one of their starters, quote unquote, uh, star players who can't rest um, in Jared Allen, um, even with him gone, they found a way to win against a Nets team that, quite frankly, probably will be at least in the play-in, um, if not a playoffs contending team. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, it's interesting because I would have said that um, I'm not high on the Nets. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking Tank City, but... Um, what I just loved about the game was I felt like there was a, a mental toughness, you know, I felt like the game was lost there. Like you said, late in the fourth down, what was it? Down six late in the fourth or down four late in the fourth, like real late in the fourth. Down six. Yeah. Down six. And then Mitchell makes the, I mean, so what's getting launched tonight is the MVP candidacy of Donovan Mitchell. 11 for 21, 27 points, five rebounds, six assists, five stocks, plus seven on the night. Uh, His defense was incredible tonight. Uh, If we're going to get this kind of two-way play from Mitchell, you know, that's what I love. That's really what I take away from the game, I think, is just Mitchell showed some leadership tonight. And he showed, uh, you know, uh, Garland was struggling, especially with his shot, six turnovers. Um and really, like, Mitchell kind of took the reins. And it, it was all keyed by his defense, you know? Um, what, I mean, what would you think overall of Mitchell's play tonight? Me, that, um, in a way, he's already kind of gotten um, taken for granted, even from fans like me. I feel like uh, it's, it's, it's really hard to score 25 points a game and shoot 40% from three. But we just expect it from Mitchell, even though we've only had, you know, the Cavs have only had him for a season here. Um, but that being said, I do think today he showed off tremendous leadership, especially leading um, leading by example on defense. And that 
that steal with like a minute left to get the Cavs within, you know, striking distance. I thought that was definitely the play of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously him hitting the game winner sh- winning shot is also extremely um, valuable. Um, but that steal is just the play of the game for me. And I think that will stick with me hopefully for not a, too long because I'm hopeful there are plenty more opportunities like that where Mitchell will wow us. But um, I thought it was a great game by Donovan for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I. And uh, how about uh, how about Max Struess? <laughs> Twenty-seven points, seven threes, twelve rebounds. Thank God for those twelve rebounds. <laughs> yeah, and Max a Struess. team high plus thirteen. Uh, I, I know in the I know in the CTB chat, uh, uh, you were singing his praises. Uh, how about uh, yeah? How about uh, doing an honorific for uh, Max Struess here? Yeah, um, man, Max Struess looked great today. Um, obviously, his shot was working, but I thought he just made some really good plays. Like, he had that clutch block on uh, Cam Johnson. Right. And then and hit the free throws, too. Um, and, look, I know I'm not going to say that I was a super, super Max Struess fan, but I do think um, I was a little bit more positive because of how tight he was guarded and how – um, his numbers were still pretty decent as a three-point shooter. I don't think he's like a Corver-type shooter, but he's definitely probably the best catch-and-shoot guy over 6'2 for the Cavs right now. Um, and I think his skill set was definitely on display today. I mean, he had five threes in the first half, and I think that's what kind of kept the Cavs, um, you know, way ahead until the end of the end of the first half. And um, I thought... His rebounding, I think he knows that he's undersized, but he's going to have to rebound. He's not going to, he's not a player that's going to leak out and transition and fool anybody. So why not be smart and help on the defensive glass, which he did a pretty good job tonight of doing. And candidly, I thought he looked kind of bigger than I thought he'd be um, in the Cavs uniform, but maybe that's because he's playing next to Mitchell and uh, Garland. (laughs) I mean, he's a, he's a, he's not a, he's not a skinny guy. You know, he's got some heft to him, you know, like good, like not in a bad way. You know, he just, he looks pretty strong. Looks like it, it, it he's not going to be moved off of his spot so easily. He's going to be able to stand his ground. So I totally agree with you there. Um, I think he's just such a smart player. You know, he's just a heady player making, making, uh, making winning plays that don't show up in the box score necessarily is what I saw from him. Uh, you know, hopefully, it, ho- maybe it's like that heat culture that's rubbing off. You know, I don't know, but uh, uh, I thought that uh, uh, hell, if he's going to rebound like that, or even half of that, I would take half of that, <laughs> especially when uh, when JA gets back. Yeah, but I also thought Mitchell rebounded pretty well. Um, he did. On the rebound I agree. Front. He he, uh, you know, didn't really leak out. But he definitely um, played pretty well. I think. I think the Cavs. I mean, I have to give JB some credit for this. They definitely are playing way faster. They're they're letting it fly, and he's he's usually it's the one thing that I'm really impressed is they're utilizing Okoro more to his actual strengths. You're right. Um, you know, he's not, he's never, I don't think a Coral will ever be a catch and shoot guy. I think he's had three years of trying to be one and he's, he'll, he'll be average at best at that. But I do think they found something with him being more on ball, um, especially when one of Garland or Mitchell is out and he is smart. He's a great transition player. So he's the guy that leaks out and doesn't rebound because he's also not a great rebounder. Um, but he's the guy that leaks out on trans- trans- transition and gets the easy buckets. And I think tonight he definitely showed he's a still a pretty good finisher. Um, yeah, that's, you know, you go, I, I harken back all the way to the Auburn tape that I watched of him. And that's the thing that stands out is he's a crafty finisher around the rim and he's uh, ambidextrous. He can go either way. He can finish with either hand. Um 
and and he has like some uncanny touch around the basket. And I totally agree with you. Like they're finally playing more to his strengths as opposed to trying to create a three and D guy out of a, you know, out of a whole cloth out of a guy who really can't do it, you know, or at least hasn't shown the ability to really do it when it really counts. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's, it's great to see him finishing at the rim, using his strength and finishing. Uh, it was fantastic. And then, you know, that's the thing is I think now he's shot enough threes that if he can like just see the ball go into the basket around the rim, that three ball actually probably is going to fall better. You know what I mean? He, if, if he can see just like a free throw go down or a layup go down, you know, uh, it's going to make his three ball, I think, more confident. Mm-hmm. No, I think he played really well tonight, and I'm hoping this is just – let's just – I mean, it's talk about small sample size. This is the ultimate sample <laughs> size, but um, I think that – if the Cavs let Okoro play like this, I think they could they could be find uh, you know finding in something that is beneficial for this team now and in the future. Because let's be honest, they got a lot of guys who are six five and kind of either play defense or shoot or play make, but they don't have a guy who does like two of those things well. Um, or all three of those as well. And Okoro, I mean, if, we, if I have to be honest, I think he has the he has the potential to do all three pretty well. Um, I think Levert obviously is ahead of him in all those, right? Or ahead of him in playmaking and shooting. But um, you know, I think this could potentially unlock this style of play can definitely unlock something and give the Cavs even more versatility, especially on offense. That was such a professional lead-in because we are due for a break and. We need to discuss the news that dropped yesterday of the Okoro extension not happening. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Cavs the Podcast. It is the Korean takeover with yours truly, Chris Francis and Elijah Kim. We just got done singing the praises of one Isaac Okoro and he made news yesterday. Chris Fedor reporting that uh, the Cavs and Isaac Okoro were unable to reach a rookie extension deal. Um, There were, I believe, uh, reportedly 14 first-round picks from the 2020 draft that inked new deals on Monday. Um, So give me your reaction. What do you make of the news of Okoro not re-signing? And then kind of um, if you can – you know, kind of wax poetic, uh, give an overview of what you think about that in the context of the other guys that he signed. Yeah, I was a little surprised that the Cavs did not get something done. He seems like the perfect guy to where he gets pretty close to the mid-level exception, um, which is, you know, 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year. Um, because a lot of the guys in the draft class all got that deal. Um, yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think the Cavs? What do you think the Cavs offer was? I think the Cavs offer was probably below that. Um, just reading the tea leaves, because let's face it, he probably he didn't end the year very well in the playoffs, and he kind of looked like a player who might not be able to be a key cog in the playoff rotation. I mean, granted, no one looked great, but. Um, I feel like the Cavs are, you know, doing what smart teams do and playing some hardball. And I don't think there's a team out there that's going to give them some ridiculous uh, offer sheets. So why not, you know, offer them, you know, something slightly below the mid-level at, you know, $10 million a year, something like that. That's kind of what I was thinking that was presented to him. Do you think, I mean, I would agree that's a hardball number because, I mean, uh, when we were discussing this, you know, a few days ago or whatever, you know, I mentioned the Lou Dort deal. Uh, Lou Dort signed, I believe, last year for like fifteen to seventeen million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, and and I would argue that um, I would argue that Acoro is probably at least as valuable as Lou Dort. Uh, 
not not nece- that's not necessarily singing the praises of Luke Tord, <laughs> but just yeah. that's just kind of the going rate for you know it's just the escalation of just or just the escalation of NBA salaries really is what it's a function of. But yeah. uh, you know that's a bit that's a pretty big gap. You know, ten million to fifteen million. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you? I mean, I'm guessing. What do you think Okoro's camp was seeking? They were probably seeking 13 to 6 to 15, if I had a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Okoro is an interesting contract discussion because his counting stats aren't great, right? right. But he does have good uh, advanced statistics in terms of plus minus. Um, yep. SP, SBI had him, I think, top 150 easily. Yeah. And the other thing that makes it tough for him is that, uh, um, you know, like he's not a great shooter, right? But if you look at his three-point shot, what is he at? He's 35-plus percent the last two years, right? So right. he could – him and his agency, and they have every right to, could be like, hey, look, like this guy's improved. He's a decent uh, percentage shooter. Um, you know, he doesn't have the high volume, but there are signs that he could be a shooter. In reality, he's the most open player in the NBA on <laughs> yeah. corner threes. But you can't argue that his, um, you know, his plus minus and all that is great. So I could see how you know there was probably a stalemate and this disagreement on the ultimate number. And that's why it didn't get done. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's a I, I can't I can't disagree really with what you're saying there. Um, what do you, I mean, were, were there any deals that surprised you? Anything, any numbers that surprised you? Anybody that didn't get done that surprised you as far as the 2020 class was concerned? The Jaden, the max deal for Jaden. He got uh, a max deal? Pretty much. My God. I think he got, oh, yeah, he got like you're right. Five years, 131. Yeah, so that was probably the biggest surprise. But I do think there is some validity that his, uh, you know, he will be that deal will look better as time goes on because of how uh, how um, the cap will keep going up, and he's a wing that's big and plays D. You know, so I think that will look good. Um, wow. It is a big number. I was surprised, um, but I also was really surprised that Pat Williams did not get a deal um, because I thought that. He's one of those guys that like you take the risk because of the potential, and he plays the position that's premier, you know. So that was one that I thought was a little surprising. Well, I had heard that he was. I heard that his camp was looking something towards twenty to thirty million. Yeah, that's definitely not worth it. Yeah, yeah. But thing is, he does play that premier position, which makes it tough. His yep. And that's he's a good also shooter. part of the. That's also part of the reason why Corals was tough, in my opinion, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because yeah, he might yeah. be better as a two, but for the last three years, what have the Cavs been doing? Starting him at the three. <laughs> so, so you know, yeah. What's your agent going to be like? Oh yeah, he's a three. That's what you guys play him as. So yeah, I am like one. Yeah. Well, and what what do you make of the fact it says here by CBS News or whatever um, that the 14, uh, 14 extensions was the most um, was the most uh, uh, that it had ever gotten done for a draft class, and also there's the caveat it really should have been fifteen because Tyrese Maxey is certainly going to get an extension, but they're trying to. Uh, manipulate the cap because of possible James Harden move. Mm. Um, do you make anything of that? Is it just a is is it a, just a aberration in terms of it was a good draft class, or do you think there's something there's a strategy that teams are employing by oh, offering? I think there's a strategy. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Stra- I think the strategy is about cost control, guaranteed cost control. Okay. Yeah, and I think this is the. This is the time to do it. You lock in players at the mid level, and you're good with that number. Yeah, yeah. Which you're so 
do you do you think any of the deals that were signed which one which one do you think is going to age well which one do you think man that's going to become an albatross oh man i think i think the mcdaniel's deal will actually age okay um because of that premier position and he's pretty good he's a good player mm-hmm. um i think the one that i'm a little puzzled by is Okongwu, honestly. Um, because he's an undersized center and he can only play center. He can't shoot. And they still have Clint Capella and they like Clint Capella. So I don't get it. <laughs> um, like I don't like they might trade Clint Capella because they don't want to, you know, they want to, they're paying Okongwu a lot of money to be his backup, right? Mm-hmm. So... It's not too bad of a deal. Uh, four years, 62, but that's too much for a backup, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. See what you're so, saying there. Yeah. So that's a deal that I'm a little puzzled by. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... You know, it's funny for me as I look at these deals. The one that I think... I'll give you a hot take. The one that I think that might age poorly is Desmond Bain. Really? Yeah. You might be the only person who says that, though. Yeah. No, I'm going to be a hater. I'm a hater for, I, I think, I think that, I mean, I guess they, I mean, I guess who they're going to pay, you know, I, I suppose. Um, I mean, they only have jaw to pay, right? A max contract. Did they give JJJ? I don't know if they gave JJJ a, a max deal. I think he did. He did. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I think uh, the main thing about him is I'd say part of it is age and also the other part of it is I think he's a player that um, – I think he's a player that is basically a Clay Thompson type. He's a spot-up shooter. He's not going to be able to create as much. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you give spot-up shooters – who can't create off the dribble uh, near max deals. So also he was an older guy, wasn't he? I think he was a four year player. So this deal is going to take him past his, uh, you know, past his uh, statistical prime, so to speak. Um, So uh, I don't know, you know, and also, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, screw the, screw the Grizzlies. That's why I'm hate. I'm just hating. My counter to that, though, would be that um, it's the Grizzlies. They have to overpay. That's uh, that's actually a great point. <laughs> um, but on also on top of that, with Jaw, the whole Jaw situation, I feel like they have no choice but to take care of the guys that are you know good guys that are good at ball. Yeah, right, right. That are actually uh, yeah, that are good team players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. I get it. I get it. Uh, and uh, there was a second piece of news um, that we can get into. Uh, Dave Yerger was acquired as a consultant. Yep. Uh, for the uh, Cavs, uh, what's your read on that? What do you think he's doing? Why do you think they hired him? Uh, you know what do you what is he gonna do for the Cavs? Uh, which uh, just what's your what's your read on the whole situation? I think he's there to keep the seat warm. I'm not saying he's a replacement, but I do think Ooh. they want some pressure on JB. Really? I so you so. you actually buy that 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 he's a it's kind of like the uh, Jeff Van Gundy deal, right? And um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so wow wow i mean it's hard for me to so here's the thing for me i mean how hot do you think jb like we we had this discussion before i you know how hot do we think jb's seat actually is Mm, i don't know that's a tough question because i don't think it's actually that hot right but i do think if Kobe Altman was a nor- if didn't get a DUI, I think it'd be hotter. <laughs> yeah, that was a. I go back to that. What a weird press conference. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like Kobe got exposed so badly in yeah. that thing, in that whole deal. Like, like what a 
Oh my god. And we there's still been no discipline, right? Like yeah. there's been no news of any discipline as far as Kobe's concerned. I'm guessing he's going to skate. Like he's probably a first time offender. There's probably uh you know, I don't know all the lo- lo- the logistics of uh you know, or the jurisprudence that's going on with that or whatever you want to say, but mm-hmm. uh I'm guessing he can avoid a lot of legal consequences. Uh yeah. given probably a good lawyer and first time offender. Yeah, I agree. They probably, uh, he has plenty of money to be defended well, so <laughs> he probably has an Evan Mobley type defensive, defense attorney. So. <laughs> but also, that being said, I just think the Cavs, um, I don't think they feel a lot of pressure, to be honest. Um, that's just my sense that they just feel like they can kind of, you know, skate under the radar. Yeah, they, helps, they are really, helps, yeah. It helps that the Browns are good um, this year. <laughs> I think that helps them too. And, yeah, I think. Well, no, I think you bring a good a good point, uh, up a good point there. Uh, it feels like just the Cavs, in the, as far as NBA narratives go, they're really flying under the radar. No one's really talking about them this year. Is that is that your read? Yeah, you, that's pretty much my read. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the, why, why aren't they generating more buzz? I think it's because they don't, uh, they aren't expected to be a real contender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think if they, I think the whole Donovan Mitchell thing, people feel bad for them in a way. Do so, they th- is it from the standpoint they think he's gone? Like I think I, so. Yeah, everybody thinks he's gone, right? No matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that narrative has some merit, to be honest. Um, but um, I would don't want it to be, you know. Obviously, as a Cavs fan, it. It would suck to lose Donovan Mitchell. Um, so I think there is some pity for the Cavs being a smaller market team. Um, so I do think um, that's part of it. With um, sorry, <laughs> but that's uh, Eli's keyboard making an appearance. <laughs> no, no, no. But I do think the Cavs are under the radar because of Donovan Mitchell, and they're just. It's just not a fun story. There's a lot of continuity on that team, and the team was um, decent last year. And, you know, they didn't really do much to be much sexier this year. So why would they get a lot of media attention? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, with that, we'll take a break here. Uh, We'll be right back. Welcome back to Cavs. The podcast is the Korean takeover with yours truly, Chris Francis, and the ever faithful Elijah Kim. We are discussing. Uh, you made a great point in the last segment about pressure and how there's really a lack of it. It seems on the organization, a lack of it for Kobe and JB. I think with JB, I can't see um, any way that he'll be fired this year. But I just don't see it at all. Um, I think. Everything. I, I think the pressure will be if they flop in the playoffs again. That, I think that's really the only way anybody's going to feel any pressure, because really, and it's really not even about that. It's more about Donovan Mitchell, right? Like that's really the only pressure this team's facing is they have to be good enough to convince Donovan Mitchell that he can win championships. Yeah, you know, and so to me. Um, uh, unless unless there's an answer with that, um, you know, uh, unless it, unless there's an answer with that, and it's a negative one essentially that that uh, that Mitchell thinks it's impossible or unlikely. Um, that's really the only way anybody faces any pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I so. I want to venture into some slop talk real quick because you are the slop god of CTV. And uh, how do we fix this rebounding problem? Where the hell are we going to get some rebounding? Who's available? Who who do you like? Who who can possibly like 
what's a reasonable way that the Cavs can find somebody who can freaking rebound on this on this team? Man, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, I wish I knew. Oh man, that's not what I wanted to hear. But I do think one way they could work on it is by having, um, by playing certain lineups that you know are benefit can benefit that. Who do you like? Uh how about like a guy like Royce O'Neal tonight or Dorian Finney-Smith? Those guys aren't playing a lot, and Dorian Finney-Smith is a is a pretty decent rebounder, sm- great small ball four. Um, I think he'd fit on the Cavs really well. Um, who's another guy? Royce O'Neal's a good guy. The only thing about Royce I kind of don't like is he's kind of short. Um, so he's kind of small. They played pretty Cavs. well tonight. Um, well, they played plus minus wise, they played pretty well tonight. Five yeah. rebounds for DFS and seven rebounds in 23 minutes for Royce O'Neal. Yeah, so I was a little surprised because a lot of people thought that uh, Cam Johnson was not going to start because of the preseason, but I was like, there's no way he doesn't start. They're not going to start Royce O'Neal over him. Um, Didn't Cam Johnson just get paid a lot of money? Yeah, they paid him an ass load of money. So there's <laughs> no way that they're not going to do that. Um, so, And he, he, was, he was whatever, you know, he was... It was funny, like watching. What was your take on the? What was your take on the Nets, real quick? I mean, you really think they're a playing team? Who the hell? See, my question about the Nets is: they had literally one guy tonight that could actually Cam create Thomas. his own shot off the dribble. Yeah. You're so right. where 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 is any of their offense coming from except from a chucker like Cam Thomas? Yeah. I I might have to take my take back because um, their creator is supposed to be Ben Simmons. Ooh, oh, we forgot the Ben Sim- choo choo the Ben Simmons train. So how are we feeling? How are we feeling, con- uh, conductor? How are we feeling about the Ben Simmons train? He didn't look that bad. I thought he looked better than uh, he. I thought he would. Um, I do think ten rebounds and nine assists. Yeah, he's a triple double machine. Well, a double double machine. Because yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, he scored four points on six shots tonight in twenty three minutes. Man, he had nine assists and ten rebounds in twenty three minutes. Yeah. Why the? Why didn't they play him more? Is my question. Because they're tanking. Ooh, no! It's because they can't play him with Dorian Finnish Smith. They can't play him with. Uh, they got to play them with more shooters, and they don't have too many of those guys. Right. Right, because they want to play Dayron Sharp. Well, I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing is Dayron Sharp and Nick Day Claxton. and Claxton. Yeah. Right, so. Claxton, is there a more overrated player than Nick freaking Claxton? What a joke. Three for yeah. 10, minus 12, worse on the team. He was a gift for the Cavs tonight. Yeah. He was definitely a huge gift for the Cavs tonight. Um, but what can you do? I mean, I think he'd be great with um, – if Jared Allen played tonight, he would have dominated his ass. I mean, <laughs> that is just the fact. Um, that would be – that would have been a fact. And I think that the, the Cavs, I mean – as good of a win as this was, I think they do miss Jared Allen. Let's just, it's just the fact. Oh yeah. They so. miss something fierce. I mean, that's basically, I, I mean, talk about how to fix the rebounding. Essentially the Cavs answer to that is wait till Jared Allen gets back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's not panic about it tonight. Um, let's see what it looks like with Jared Allen and Struess. Cause I am intrigued to see how much more things will open up for those guys too. Right. Uh, right, you talking about uh, in terms of Mobley and Allen's offense with yeah, the floor exactly. spread out. Mm-hmm. What did one. you make of what did you make of Mobley's new role, so to speak? Honestly, I, I I have to be honest. I've lately gotten very pessimistic on Mobley. I'm a little worried that his uh, ceiling 
offensively, especially, might not be as high as we'd like. Um, and that might be a reality of that situation. No. No, I don't like that because that's the slander going around right now. (laughs) So do you buy the narrative? Do do you think Franz Wagner surpassed him in this class? No, I'm not that. I'm not there on that. Well, that's good. That's good. Because that is is the uh, word on the street. Yeah, I don't know. I like Wagner, don't get me wrong, but I do think that he needs to win. I mean, that's the thing. He doesn't impact winning right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did pretty well. I mean, he impacted their defense pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, they're playing a lot of bad guys, too. So. Yeah, they're playing his brother. <laughs> Do we have another Thanasis situation? <laughs> well, I think... The thing is, his brother did make it to the league as a first-round pick on his own, too. So, at least it wasn't like the Nassus, where it was just like he 100% didn't deserve it. <laughs> Although his brother kind of is a bust, low-key. So. Yeah, so uh, so you're lukewarm on the new, new and improved Mobley offense. I am. Gotcha. Uh, so circling back to narratives, is there, so what are the things that you're looking for outside of the Cavs this season in terms of, you know, uh, teams that interest you, players that interest you, situations that interest you, something to that effect? Um, I think I'm just interested to see what happens with Mobley. Hmm. I'm, I'm I am intrigued because I think do think if he does take a leap offensively this year, this team can be a contender as quickly as this year. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just don't know how realistic that is right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? I mean, so do you have any? What other players are you looking for? We we know Mobley. We're looking for a third year breakout. Are there any other players that come to your mind in terms of who do you think? may break out this year uh, in terms of uh, taking that star leap? Mm, I think Garland. I'm actually intrigued to see mm. if he can um, be more consistent. I feel like we talked about him not being very consistent, and that's just an area where I think he really could improve um, because like a night like tonight, he started pretty well, but then he f- fell off. You know, he cratered off basically. What was the what was the health issue that he was dealing with prior to the he game? Had a, he had a hamstring. Oh, sore, that's sore hamstring. Okay, yeah, okay. But I thought he moved okay today. Yeah, he but, didn't look. Yeah, he wasn't moving labored. It seemed, but yeah, maybe it wasn't that like he was hobbled or anything like that. Right, right. So um, maybe, yeah. No, I mean. Uh, also, I think he's a bit of a slow starter. I don't. I want to say that. I don't have anything. It's just a vibe. It's just yeah. a feeling. It just seems like he takes a little bit to to get into the rhythm. He missed that. Uh, he missed that uh, open three pointer. That he did. Would, that really would have helped. Yeah. You know, that's probably the thing I want to see from him. Is just can he make some catch and shoot threes? He's statistically, it says that he's really good at them. But yeah. I just don't ever see it. It's one of the more confounding stats about him. Like, I think he shoots yeah. like over 40% as a catch and shoot player. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like he just, I don't know. It seems like he, he's he like, just struggles. He's, he's reputationally a good shooter that isn't shooting great. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, one, well, just, uh, I went back to peek at the numbers real quick. Um, on uh, for tonight, one of the biggest things that stands out is the Cavs passing. Mm-hmm. Man, like everybody registered a very nice assist ratio tonight. Isaac Okoro twenty two point two, Donovan Mitchell twenty two point two, Darius Garland twenty point eight. League average for this stat is around fifteen mm-hmm. or sixteen. Uh, Karis Levert twenty two point seven. Damian Jones made an appearance, 33.3. Um, 
what I wanted to see was, okay, so uh, you want to take a guess at the usage for Evan Mobley tonight? Pretty low. <laughs> yes, in fact, it was 13.8%. Wow. Which ranks seventh tonight out of nine players. Yeah. So the much ballyhooed, more usage Mobley did not come into fruition tonight. Yeah, it did not. Granted, also, he did not shoot well. Uh, he also didn't rebound that great. I thought he would dominate the rebound, the boards when he was only big. Uh, totally spot on. Uh, he was awful on the boards tonight. Um, yeah. 13.5% uh, defensive rebound rate. That's never going to get it done, especially as a big. Um, do you like? It, it, I wonder if that's the reason why he was because uh, I don't. I mean, someone made a mention of it in the live thread. Uh, he's he was benched uh, pretty deep into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was just a rotational rest thing. Do you? I mean, would you? Uh, do what do you think? Yeah, I thought maybe JB was just going with a hot hand, um, to be honest. So, which, Well, that hot hand that he went to was Georges Niang at the five. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I do think um, he thinks Georges can shoot enough. Um, but unfortunately, I just don't think his shot is actually – it was it wasn't falling tonight, so – his effectiveness was severely questionable, um, which, you know, makes it tough um, to keep playing him. But the Cavs basically don't have a choice because who else could they play tonight? Jared Allen was out. Um, oh, you didn't see the Tristan Thompson brigade? Oh, that crime river. There's no way. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I don't know if he would have done worse than George. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was brutal, brutal debut for George Yang. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, sorry to end this segment on a negative note, but we'll be right back and wrap it up with something more positive. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Cavs, the podcast, the Korean takeover. It is Chris Francis alongside Elijah Kim. We are celebrating a victory tonight. Uh, Cavaliers 114-113 over the Brooklyn Nets. They are facing the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were victorious tonight against the Chicago Bulls 124-104. to uh, So they put an ass whooping on them. Uh, the the home opener is on Friday night, October twenty seventh. Will you be there? Are you uh, are you a uh, uh, partial season ticket uh, season ticket holder this year? Uh, this year I fought every ounce of temptation, and I am not. Ooh, I decided not to this year. It just wasn't worth it coming all the way from Columbus every you know game, and yeah, that was a rough drive. Candidly, it was just really expensive too. Yeah. Um, so I am not this year. But I don't regret it. So yeah. Well, you just said uh, when we'll go off air. You said that you cop the uh, league pass, which is a definite, yeah. definite uh, pro move right there. For sure. Yep. Yep. And uh, as we wrap this up, we got Dallas ahead of San Antonio. 195 uh, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Clippers up 20. Um, Indiana, 143-120 over the Wizards. Um, Boston, victorious over the Knicks, 108-104. Um, it's funny. I mean, for overreactions, I think some people got it right. Houston sucks. What were they doing paying all those guys all that money? They lost 116.86 to the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah, so, I mean, basketball's back in full swing. Uh, what do you want to see Friday night? How do you think it's going to go against the Thunder? Oh, man. 
I hope a Jared Allen will play. We need him. <laughs> We've been brought to our knees for yeah. Jared Allen, haven't we? Yeah, we need him. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate it. I mean, yeah, we I need him. Yeah, we need him bad. We need him bad. We need rebounding. We need the defensive presence. Yeah. My goodness. We do. And let's just hope that uh, Max Strus continue to be Max Strus. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you gave that stat about him not having any, like he's going from one of the worst situations of his career to one of the best, mm-hmm. it seems like he's really embracing that. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I guess we're all Strus heads. The Strus is loose. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. The streets is loose. The streets is loose. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, anything to pitch? Any good stories? Uh, you know, um, any uh, any news? What would you got for us? Man, I'm pretty boring today. Um, <laughs> just glad that the Cavs got the dub to start the year. Um I'm trying to think. Last year, who did the Cavs start the season against? Ooh, that's a great question. Wasn't it Memphis? I want to say it was Memphis, but or Toronto, perhaps. It was. I think it was Toronto, and I think they lost. They did, yeah, and uh, that was uh, didn't uh, Garland got poked in yeah, the eye? Garland got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. We lost to Toronto. The Cavs lost to Toronto by three, and then they won eight straight. Remember? Oh yeah. Well, then it's funny because then they, they played big. It was Dean Wade and Karis Levert to the rescue in that stretch, mm-hmm. as I recall correctly. Yeah, Levert had that forty-one point game against uh, the Boston Celtics. in overtime. Yeah, and Garland had fifty-one against the Timberwolves in a loss. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh man, that's oh. crazy. That was already over uh, about a year ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, now that you bring that up, it, uh, to me, the the vibes of this win tonight are just so much better because, yeah. we'll, you know, I go back to the mental toughness thing. That t- that mental toughness is what you need to win. You know what I mean? That's what's needed. That's, that's, the, ne- that's, the, that's the requirement to win big in the NBA, you know, is just having that competitive spirit for 48 minutes without ever without losing hope you know without losing your faith that you can pull it off because that's literally i mean mitchell just pulled a rabbit out of a hat tonight mm-hmm. so you know i couldn't start better i don't know what you think but yeah i think um mitchell single-handedly won this game for us at the end with this clutch play um, let's hope that this isn't something we'll need when everyone is healthy and <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, well, I think we are. This is just a glimpse that how good he is, and we shouldn't take him for granted. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's absolutely. That's absolutely the. Uh, that's the message we should leave with. That's beautiful, right there. So shout out to, shout out to the Donovan Mitchell MVP agenda. It starts tonight, guys. So, ladies and gentlemen. So. Um, with that, we'll bid you adieu and say, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire.